Hi, I'm Liana Downey. Welcome to the Mission Control Podcast. Today we're talking about what does it take to succeed in times of change? I want to share with you some research around organizations who manage successfully through major changes and organizations who struggle. It's been shown that there are a number of features that really make a difference in helping leaders navigate their organizations through change. Change comes in two forms. It can be the kind that's thrust upon us or the kind that we as a leader might see needs to happen. Either way, one of the major challenges with any change is that people naturally dig their heels in. It's critical that you as a leader understand and acknowledge those feelings, that fear, anxiety, some degree of excitement, but certainly uncertainty and worry are totally normal. It can be helpful to think about and reflect on your own experience with change. It can just be a helpful reminder that the fear response is very, very normal. It's quite fundamental to who we are as humans, and historically it's protected us. It's protected us from the period at which we separate from our parents and we go exploring on our own. It helps us not eat the red berries. It helps us not swim in the water hole with the crocodile. But when it comes to work, it can be really problematic because if we don't change, if we don't adapt to circumstances as things are evolving around us, our organizations can be left behind, our impact can be reduced, and sometimes it can be actually completely threatening to organizations. And we've seen examples of organizations that have fallen apart because they haven't been able to adapt to change. So what is it that organizations and leaders do who are really able to successfully navigate through times of change. So there are five things that leaders who succeed in change of times do really well. First, they create a sense of urgency. Second, they create a coalition of supporters. Third, they are very deliberate and very thorough in communicating what's happening through the change. Fourth, they systematically identify things that are in their way. What's going to stop people getting from where they are now and where they need to be? And how can you make it as easy as possible for them to change? Fifth, and most importantly, at the centre of it all, is a guiding, clear vision about where you're going, how you're going to get there, and why. Why is it so important to change? So let's take each of these in turn. People will wait as long as they can to change If you want an organization to change, you need to find a way to create a sense of importance and urgency. And there are a couple of ways to do this. One, and perhaps our most natural tendency, is is to talk about all the things that could go wrong if you don't address this change. So let's think, for example, about an organization who's decided that they want to start more systematically collecting information as a way to measure their performance and their impact. Now, It might be that a leader says, look, we have to do this. If we don't start collecting information, we're going to get in trouble. There's a real problem. So one way of doing this is creating a story where you lay out the situation, the complication, and the resolution. So the story might go something like this. Organizations who get the most funding are really good at measuring their performance. That's a situation. The complication is we're not. We're really hopeless at it. We don't have the systems or the capabilities to measure our performance and impact at the moment. The resolution is to start measuring. This is a story that is quite compelling, but it really focuses on the negative. It's about what could go wrong if we don't do it. We won't get the funding that we need. It's really helpful to think about the negative consequences of inaction. If you don't change, what could go wrong? And it will be really persuasive to some people. But I also encourage you to think about the upside. In general, People need both. 
They need to understand what will happen if they don't change and what will happen if they do. You can think about it on a personal level. You know, we know that it's great for us to exercise and yet so many of us have difficulty in changing that behaviour. We need to be able to think about both things. So what goes wrong if we don't exercise? Well, we might have problems with heart disease. We might be more likely to die at a young age. It might limit the things that we can do with our friends and family. They're all the kind of negative consequences. But if you think about the positive framing too, it can be really helpful. So if you exercise, you're going to be happier. We know that people who exercise have less depression. They're happier. If you exercise, it's going to enable you to do more things with your friends and family. And the exercise itself might be fun if you find the right way of doing it. So think about both the negative consequences, but also think about the good things that can happen with change. This is particularly true if you're facing a change that's being thrust upon you. So I was chatting to some leaders the other day who are facing a change that's coming externally. It's a change to legal regulations about things that they need to do and the way that work is going to be funded. It's a massive shock to many of those providers. And at the moment, many of the organisations are just thinking about all the work that that's creating for them. It's so much trauma and change and work and effort. But when pushed, they could also come up with a bunch of good things that might happen as a consequence for doing all this work and for changing. First of all, they will avoid the negative consequences. They will still get paid. But secondly, there are some other good things that can come of it. For example, it will help them have a better understanding of how their costs are allocated. It will help them understand more accurately who's using what services and what are the impact of those services. Both really important things if you want to run a successful if you want to run a successful social enterprise and have an impact on the lives of clients. So, when you're creating a sense of urgency, think first about the things that could go wrong if you don't and think about the things that could go right if you do change and make sure that you tell that story in a crisp, articulate way and that you keep telling it. Next, building a coalition of supporters. No one can change an organisation by themselves. If you're a leader, if you have a vision for an organisation or if you've been tasked with implementing a change in an organisation more broadly, you must build a coalition of people who can help you on that journey. Look all through the organisation it's really important to have people at all different levels of the organisation, people who are front, who, including people who are close to clients, people who are close to funders. It's important to have people at all levels of the organisation, from senior executives, middle managers, and especially people who are working at the front lines, who are close to volunteers. You might even want to include volunteers in your group. Identify both the people who are most excited about the change and the people who are most resistant to change. The people who are most resistant to change can be really critical in helping you build a powerful coalition. Don't ignore them. You'll ignore them at your own peril. It's really important that you find a way to have them thinking about how to build a solution that's going to work for people like them rather than kind of throwing stones at solutions that other people generate. And I find the best way to do this is just to be really candid. Talk to the people about their concerns and tell them that you want your, want their help. Be clear about why the case for change is urgent and ask them how they can get involved and how they can help. And ask them to help make sure that they understand the case for change, make sure that they agree with the case for change and why it's important, and then help them think about what's the best way to deal with the fact that this change is happening. Third, Communication. One of the most common mistakes that organisations make is not communicating enough. People are often very nervous. They don't want people to hear bad news. 
they worry about talking about layoffs, if that's, for example, a consequence of the change. Maybe a leader doesn't have all the information and is, is afraid of looking kind of less than informed if they don't have all the information. There's lots of research to show, though, that the best thing you can do is to be clear and to be honest and to communicate more than you think is necessary. Over-communicate. Think about different ways to communicate. It's not just good enough to have one email newsletter go out. You need to find ways to reach people who use all kinds of mechanisms. Think about town halls. Think about smaller group communications where you brief seven or eight people and ask them in turn to brief seven or eight people. Think about building two-way conversations. It shouldn't just be about you telling people what's going on, but also about doing lots of listening to people's fears and anxieties about the change. That process of just acknowledging and listening to people in and of itself can be really, really powerful. And fourth, think about what stands in the way of making the change. A simple example, but a really common one, is when you're asking people to fill out paperwork. People have observed that if you're asking people, for example, to fill out new paperwork, a new timesheet, not surprisingly, the more difficult you make it, the less people will comply. So one of the most important things you can do is if you're putting in place a system is watch it in action. Actually sit down and watch somebody go through the process of filling out that timesheet. What we found is that if you have to open an email, download the spreadsheet, double click on it, wait a few moments to, for it to upload, enter your information, save it, and then you know upload it to a drive, forget about it. You need to make it as simple and easy and clear as possible. It needs to be one click, one form. They shouldn't be duplicating information. They shouldn't be doubling up information. This is a really important time to invest in thinking about how you can make things as easy for people as possible. It's called clearing the path. How do you make it easy for people? And then finally, you've got to know where you're going. It's very, very difficult to rally people around a change if you're not clear about the vision of the organization. What will it look like? What will you be doing when you get there? One of the most powerful ways to motivate and excite people is to talk about the changes that will happen for your clients as a result of doing this work. It can help to bring clients in to share their stories of how things are working now and find a client who can tell the other story. If you're trying to measure performance, you're doing that because you want to improve performance. So get two clients together, one who's had really good outcomes, and have them tell that story of what it felt like to have great outcomes. Maybe your organization houses people. Maybe it's about helping build safer homes. Maybe it's about connecting people to employment. Have somebody tell the story of a great client experience and have somebody tell this story where it didn't work out. Help people understand that what you're doing through this change is all about making sure that more of your clients have that positive experience. That kind of framing, bringing it back to the human element if you're working in human services or making it clear in, in other forums about how you're driving that change is really powerful. It's hard. Change is hard. It's hard for all of us. It's hard for me. I'm sure it's hard for you and it's certainly hard for your teams. It's even harder to lead other people through change. Good luck. Keep your eye on the ball. Remember it's all about the clients. Make sure you convey a sense of urgency. You build a coalition. You communicate, communicate, communicate. Clear the path and articulate a clear vision. Good luck. So thank you for everything you're doing to change the world. If you're a leader looking for help, you can join the Mission Control community at www.missioncontrolbook.com where you'll find articles, more podcasts like these, and a heap of other tools. This is Mission Control with Liana Downey, and I'll speak to you soon.